What's up guys, my name is Sean, I'm your host, and I'm joined here with Ian Na, uh, co-owner of uh, Strength Culture. This is their new location, I'm really excited to have him here today. Ian, maybe you can introduce yourself. Yeah, sure, uh, Sean's introduced me, my name is Ian Nam. I'm the co-owner of Strength Culture. We're a strongman, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, and kettlebell gym. Uh, we're based up on Wyndham Street. We've been open now for, it'll be almost three years in February. Uh, we've just expanded to the new location, which we're looking to continue operations and help grow strength sports in Hong Kong. Amazing. So, I mean, if you haven't seen our my podcast, we, we do a shot. Should we, should we start Let's with the first it. one? All right. Cheers, so we, man. No food, but... <laughs> this is cold. It's a perfect time for shots. <laughs> time is approaching three o'clock. Yeah, three o'clock. <laughs> right on the dot. So, Ian, um, I've known you when, when you when I started working at TopFit, and um, you know you, you, you hear a host of uh, fi uh, fitness gyms, and they're all into like bodybuilding and weightlifting, but we don't really see much of powerlifting. Um, maybe you could explain what powerlifting actually is, because most most of the generic public will know like you know that eight to twelve rep scheme of yeah. weightlifting and four sets. Well, what is powerlifting? Why is it so different? So powerlifting itself is basically a sport of moving a weight from A to B. So in powerlifting there's only three lifts, there's your squat, bench and your deadlift, and it's how to maximally express your strength for over one rep. So it's only a maximal effort attempt. And the sport itself, it will give you three attempts for your squat, three attempts for your bench press, and three attempts for your deadlift. And ideally, the, there's a lot of different weight classes in it, there's different federations, which there's a lot of drama going on now if you've been involved with it, I've heard about it. Uh, but yeah, it's basically the idea of moving heavy loads, moving heavy weights. Right. And so, do you see it growing in Hong Kong, powerlifting, or is it, or is it still kind of a, a smaller kind of industry? Well, powerlifting itself has grown quite a lot over the last, I would say, two years. Uh, in the last two years, there was, there's been a new federation that, that came along, which is Hong Kong uh, powerlifting. And they've attracted a lot fresher, a lot younger athletes. So you see uh, athletes that are under 20, early 20s, that are signing up to compete in these competitions, which is great for the sport. And then there's another older federation, which is the IPF. Uh, they got a lot of more experienced athletes competing with them, which is also great, because these are the guys that will get Hong Kong on the map for the world stage. Okay. And obviously, like you have experience competing yourself, right? Competing in powerlifting, not so much, but in strongman, yes. Okay. Yeah. So what is the difference between strongman and powerlifting? Is it a bit of a crossover? There is a crossover. So I like to say that Strongman is kind of a combination of powerlifting and, and CrossFit, actually. Right. Uh, Strongman has gained a lot of traction in the last couple of years because of CrossFit. Like if you watch the most recent uh, CrossFit Open, uh, they actually had a couple of Strongman events. They had a, a sandbag carry, which is in the shape of what they call a Husevel stone. Mm -hmm. So the Husevel stone is one of the famous stones of strength from Iceland. And people would travel like from all over the world to lift these stones and carry the distance. So the shape of it is actually like a, an upside down triangle and you would lift it up from the floor and carry it. And you've probably seen some of the pictures from the recent CrossFit open of people carrying the sandbags that were in yeah. this particular shape. Yeah, so Strongman has gotten a lot of traction from, from CrossFit actually giving it some publicity, which is great. Uh, the difference between powerlifting and Strongman is that Strongman, you also have to be significantly strong. Uh, you have to move weights uh, in a one rep max sense. Sometimes there's a, a deadlift max. And oftentimes there is a repetition max where you have a time limit to lift X amount of reps or as many reps as possible with a fixed amount of weight. Right. Uh, but the biggest difference between powerlifting and strongman is the moving events. 
So in powerlifting, a lot of the moves are static. It's your squat, which is standing, sitting down and standing up. Your bench press, which is lying back on a bench, pressing the weight. And a deadlift, which is picking the weight up from the floor. Uh, what differentiates strongman is that there's a lot of moving. So you would have to usually move uh, weights, whether it be yoke, whether it be sandbags, whether it be the Hosefa stone, over a certain distance. Okay. Yeah, I actually, uh, I remember we attended a seminar with Owen Lacey, and uh, he talked about how, uh, I'm, I've recently been a bit big advocate of strongman, how it's yeah. kind of, it, it translates a lot into like athlete sports. I think that's really cool because because you're moving from a quite heavy weight from A to B, it, it, should, it basically like, it elicits quite a new stimulus. Like it's almost like, you feel a lot more powerful on the field in my yeah. sports football, or you feel like if you're, if you're doing a farmer's walk, or if you're doing like a prowler where your arms are extended out, your shoulders are fired up. And I feel that I feel, um, such implemented more in clients and athletes, and that's kind of a more dynamic thing. There's a lot more transfer from strongman to into moving sports like soccer, rugby, or American football, whatever sport you play, because of the moving events. So statically, you do get stronger with powerlifting, like with your squat, bench, deadlift. But how much is a bench press going to carry over into into a soccer game, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're doing a heavy sled push, that has a lot of carryover into a rugby scrum. Right, so there's a lot of transfer from strongman into everyday strength or, or sports specific strength. Right. And do you do you feel? I mean, you used to play football yourself. Yes, I right? did. Yeah. Uh, were you still come, like training strongman and playing at the same time? I actually, when I started strongman toward like the end of my, I won't say football career, but when I started to lose interest in, in football, I started yeah. to kind of like fall into strongman because I've always found that I needed a sport to kind of keep myself motivated and to give myself goals to continue to chase. Okay. And like uh, I played football since I was like a very young age, like I think as soon as I could walk, I got, it's the same as you, right? Yeah. As soon as you could walk, like you have a football with your feet, you're like kicking it around, and I was like that as well. And I actually started strength training to improve my performance on the soccer field, on okay. the football pitch. Right. Uh, so I never really trained to to look like aesthetically good. It was always a purpose for training. Like there was always a reason why I trained was to make myself better, to perform better at a, at a sport. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame because people. I mean, I guess they're not educated, but it's like uh, there's so many people like I just want to look good. But like at the end of the day, like you know, looking good can only like go so far, right? You yeah. want your performance. You want to be better, right? Yeah. And of course, everyone has their opinion on like, yeah, I want to look good. I want to get abs. But like, I think the real thing is. If that that set principle, like that yeah. specific adaptation, adaptation imposed demands, demands yeah. right? Like if you understand that a little bit more, and then like you as an experienced coach, and then you see you see results in the field, and people be like, oh, that's actually really good. That like in the gym, I can do X amount of work, and then you see how quick you can get to the ball, or you see like that first five yards, your type two muscle fibers. Yeah. Like I never thought like, oh, okay, like full range squat, whatever. But you know, you could take it through like a, a little bit of powerlifting and strongman yeah, I think it's the interesting thing about training is that uh, like, I've never really used the gym until Strongman. I never really used the gym to get specifically just to move weights. Like, it's always been as a performance aspect. And I think like you were saying about a lot of people do look at people with like six packs and like nice shoulders and arms and think, oh shit, that guy is strong as fuck. But actually, probably weak as fuck. Yeah. And probably moves like shit as well. And that's not to diss any bodybuilders. Like I do know bodybuilders that, that, do, that, that they move well, they, they, they're strong as fuck as well. But it's that like image of somebody strong, like somebody to look strong has to have like defined muscles or to have like 8% body fat, which is like 
people get caught up in that rather yeah. than actually seeing how they perform. Right, right, exactly. And you as a competitor, what would you say is your favorite or strongest lift? Uh, my favorite lift is Atlas Stones, either Atlas Stones or Sandbags. Uh, I know there's something I just enjoy about moving awkward objects, and it's not something. It's, it's something that has carried over to everyday life. Like let's say if, if I'm helping my my dad move like a suitcase from the first floor to the second floor, or whatever, I, that's an awkward object. It's not a barbell where I can get a nice grip on. It's like awkward. I have to have one hand over, one hand under, and it's a very like cumbersome object to lift. And I think the idea of strongman being like that is, is quite, um, it draws me in, having like the unusual objects to lift. Right. And so also, yeah, like when you, look at, when you look at powerlifting, when you see, if somebody like just off the street came into the gym and then they see somebody deadlifting 300 kg, to us as experience, like that's bloody impressive. But for somebody who's just looking in from the outside, it's just a bar with plates. 300 kg is just a number. Whereas if you see them lift like a massive stone, you're like, Shit, regardless of the weight, that's fucking heavy and that's Shit. impressive. It, it's almost like going back to those like medieval days. Exactly. Like, like, oh, yeah. I picked up logs exactly. and stuff. It's, it's like um, very, uh, how do you say it? Very um, primitive. Primal, very yeah, primal, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, it's basically what I enjoy. And it's, it's, it's a tough sport because like you get cut up, the, the stones are not always perfect, so they'll, they'll scratch you up, they'll cut you up. The farmers carry, if you're going for distance, it will tear up your hands. Really? But it's also that, like, the, the, the difference between oftentimes first and second place is who's willing to hold that weight for a bit longer, like just for that few seconds longer, that can be like champion or not. Okay, okay. So just by like that minute yeah. second. And like competing yourself, I mean, I, I know I know like a little bit about different sports, but I don't really know too much about how you prep for a strongman competition or how you prep for a powerlifting competition. With such big and heavy loads, it's so taxing on that nervous system. For sure. Yeah. How, how do you? What's your like weekly or monthly training schedule prepping for a, a competition? So when I'm prepping for a competition, like strongman is very unstandardized. So usually there'll be either on one day or two days, the strongman competition. So let's say if it's on a, a one day event, you would usually, in a, a basic strongman competition, you would have five events throughout that day. So five lifting events, can be a, a max overhead, could be a, a carry, could be a deadlift, could be a, a grip event, and then usually would finish with some sort of atlas stone, usually. Uh, so basically my training schedule would revolve around the events. So I'd, I wouldn't do like a typical body, bodybuilder would do like or a shoulder day or a, a leg day or hamstring day. Mm. My, my training days are based on the specific events for the competition. So if I have, let's say event one in the competition is a log press. So my day one training is my log press day. So I would train the log press as a main lift, try to build the strength off of that one depending on if it's a max uh, effort lift, if it's a like one rep max or if it's a, a, a wait for time lift. So I would base my training on, if it's a, a, a wait for time, I would obviously train more toward endurance. If it's a one rep max, I would obviously train that lift more toward like maximal strength. So it's very based off what the competition is asking me to do. Okay. Uh, and then my days are basically split up to event days. As I get closer to the competition, uh, as I'm peaking, I would have maybe a few days or a week out before competition where I would do all events in the one day. Because then I get a feel of how my body reacts to not just doing my log press, doing my session, resting, going back home, having a nice sleep, coming back and then doing the next day. So I have to get used to doing those events one after the other as it would be in competition. 
So oftentimes people would just train the, the single lift and they would forget that, oh wait, but after you do your, your max deadlift, you have to now go and do like log for reps. After log for reps, now you gotta go carry that farmer's carry for distance. After the farmer's carry, now you gotta do your grip. After you grip, then you gotta do your, your stones. So you have to kind of train smart and be aware of the competition environment as well. Because usually with strongman events, depending on where you are as well, it's outside. So you're outside in the heat, like it's sweaty, it's hot. So for when, when I competed, in, a good example was in 2018. I think I, you've probably seen me comp train for that in Thailand. Yeah. yeah. So I was training at TopFit the other time. So sometimes training at Ursus as well for the stone specific events. And it was, it was nice training because you were inside, you are in the AC. Yeah. But then we go to, to Chiang Mai in Thailand and you're out in the middle of a fucking uh, street and the sun is like, it's 12 p.m. The sun is like straight above you and you're sweating, you're sweaty. <laughs> like the, the, the grip is different because like there's so much sweat. So it changes the whole thing. So yeah, there's a lot of things and a lot of var uh, variations that can mess you up with your composition prep. Like totally different thing. Totally different thing. Yeah, exactly. Man, yeah. But there, there is. It's quite technical to to prep for it. Uh, but as long as you get the basics of event days okay. leading up to it, and then have one day where you do all events in one, so you get a feel of how your body reacts to the one event after the other. So what you're good would you to go. say is like the ideal time? If I, I'm using an example for like, for example, MMA fighters or boxers, they have like an eight week camp. Yeah. Oh, sorry, a four or a six week camp. What would you say is a good time to be like? Prepping for I mean, like, your, your yeah. competition is in, in September. Is it like you prep like two months prior, one month prior? Minimum would be two months at least. Ideally, you would want to have twelve weeks, 12 weeks. Uh, but minimum would be eight weeks. Eight weeks is even pushing it. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's the strongman is interesting as well, is because <laughs> like sometimes when you sign up for a competition, there's a fixed weight. So let's say there's a deadlift for reps. So let's say you're in the under eighty category. I'm not sure what your weight is, <laughs> but your weight on the deadlift, assigned weight is 280 kg. You have to lift that for reps. Really? Yes, oftentimes. So there's usually a fixed weight. Sometimes it's something way over what you can handle. Sometimes it's just about right. Sometimes you can handle it quite well. But it's usually puts you on the spot as like, fuck, like if I'm not strong enough to lift that, the competition, I'm done. So it really pushes you to like, push yourself to that next level to get to that weight. I think, yeah, it's crazy that like people don't actually understand like, how like mentally and physically prepared you have yeah <laughs> you have to be like when you lift those like deadlift like those like one rep max like yeah. I, I remember like because sometimes i get a little bit nervous with like that heavy weight I'm like, oh, shit. Like, for sure man there's like a certain sense of adrenaline especially when you're going for like a maximum attempt like it's, it's when your experience is like when you're a beginner you can hit like pbs personal best personal records pretty much weekly basis, then maybe monthly basis, then every few months. Yeah. Uh, when you get more experience, you have to kind of tap into more psychological training. So there's a certain way, you know like you're strong enough to lift, like, let's say 280, and then you're going 290. Then as you get more experience, that messes with your head. So you have to either find a way of stimulating yourself mentally to psych yourself up to lift the weight. Because not all, not all the time, it's just your strength alone will do it. It's very mental as well. And if you think that you, you're, you're gonna fail it, oftentimes you're gonna fail it. Like you have to really believe in yourself to lift the weights. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I remember Eddie Hall had talked about his 500 kg deadlift. I spoke you know, on a yeah. previous podcast I did. He had to go through some dark places. And yeah. then he, lived, he went from like 460 to like 500. To 500, yeah. It's nuts, it's nuts. <laughs> and you think about the, what he put himself through to get that 500 kg, like he couldn't walk for like a week. 
Oh, after the after the, yeah, so he was like crippled basically for a week after that. He had like completely blacked out. He was on oxygen for a couple of minutes to just recover from it. Like he put himself through a lot of shit to get to get that weight up. And it's like that's like that's a very extreme example. Like that's like world class okay, level. Okay, but okay. like for us, it's like, would you be willing to put yourself through that? Men- not only physically but mentally as well to put yourself through that to lift that weight. Like, is it is it worth it? <laughs> Five hundred is like. <laughs> another universe right? yeah. yeah like you, you always say like i always think like you and dan are so strong there's always going to be something exactly stronger. exactly man and i think like it like <laughs> when we go to international competitions it, it shows it's like because you see yourself in hong kong like i consider myself quite strong but then when i go to other international competitions you see these other guys who are on a completely different level and then when you go to like a worldwide competition then that's just like top of the top and you're like wow this is crazy so like the, the first big international competition I did was in the US and it was I qualified in the under 90 kg weight class. But then when I went to that competition, they didn't have an under 90 weight, weight class. So I had to go to under 105, which is like 15 kg heavier. Wow. So I was like, for months I was like bulking, I was eating, like gaining weight, gaining muscle, feeling good, feeling strong. And I was feeling like I was the biggest I ever was. I was like 105 kg. And then I go there for weigh-ins and I look at these other guys and I'm like, Man, I'm like a dwarf. <laughs> this is fucking like massive, like Polish guys, big fucking Texans there. Man. But even Vanessa, so Vanessa would, uh, was laughing because she was like, she said like, I considered you like quite big until you were in the US. And then you're like, no, oh, you're kind of average. <laughs> even, even my girlfriend's like, yeah, yeah, like in Europe, they're bigger. Also. Yeah, right, fuck off. <laughs> but yeah. break your heart, man. Make me feel small. <laughs> Asians. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I mean it's crazy. Um, t- talking about like like what when you're eating and when you're bulking, like everyone knows about the cutting diet yeah. and like that like chicken and broccoli and you know calorie deficit and how difficult it is and low energy. Um, people don't realize how hard it is to put on weight yeah. if you and, want to make a. And it's weight. it's not just putting on weight. Honestly, putting on weight is easy. But what kind of weight do you want to put on? Do you want to put on like 10 kg of fat, or do you want to put on like 5 kg of muscle? That may, will make a big difference. So I, I like to say I eat relatively healthy. Like my meals, I usually eat like decent meals throughout the day, whether I'm cutting or whether I'm bulking. It just depends on the amount of calories I'm intaking for that phase. Like usually my off seasons, uh, depending on the weight class I compete in, is like a bulking phase or a hypertrophy phase. So my surplus, my caloric surplus plus is quite high. But I'm eating like good food, like good meals throughout the day. Right. And then when I'm cutting, I just limit the amount of, of food I intake. Okay. I, don't, I try to limit on the amount of shit and crap that I intake because yeah. I have a very fucking big sweet tooth. So okay. I very easily go overboard with chocolates, ice creams, everything. Yeah. So I try to get a handle on that. But does that like affect the performance? Do you, do you feel that if you I've, have high sugar levels? Yeah, I feel it like when, like when I went to US in, in 2017 for when I first competed in under 105, I felt very strong at the time, but I was just uh, very unfit. Like I could feel myself just, I put on the wrong, like, I think I put on a bit too much fat for, for my, my weight class. And I could feel like getting around, like moving around, I was getting tired. During my training sessions, I was getting tired. And that was just with, I think I put on some 95, about 10 kg. I didn't do a body fat analysis, so it would have been interesting to see exactly see how much body fat I put on, yeah. Nice. But yeah, it does take a toll. So like now, since that, whenever I, I bulk, whenever I try to put on weight, I try to be smart and try to put on more muscle than I actually do in fat. Okay. 
But fat is inevitable. Like I'm obviously going to put on some fat. Surplus, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't. I want to limit the amount of fat that I do put on because I just don't want to be a big mass walking around. When I cut down, I actually want to have visible muscle that I've worked hard for over the off season to, right. to show and then to put to use. Right. Okay. Because all that fat, if I'm putting on fat, it's going to be useless. When I cut weight, fat's gone and I built no muscle. Oh. What use is that? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, they, 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 they tend to kind of not really understand that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's an interesting thing. Would but, you, it, yeah, no, I, I was just saying it's, it's, it was nice like when I was playing football and soccer that didn't have to worry about cutting weight. Yeah. Like, it was just so nice being like as, as you were, not having to worry about like having to do a water cut or having to like bulk or anything. Yeah, it definitely did. It's just like, you just play. You just play. As long as you perform well, you're good. You don't have to worry about cutting weight. But I mean, now like with today's kind of like technology and like the athletes, like it's, it's crazy to think, I mean, I, I saw like a Sky Sports interview, like with I think uh, Roy Keane and Gary Neville and Carrier, and they were just like, they never, like they never stopped training after the Euro 2020s. They were like still like, like training on their holidays and then they're yeah. straight to preseason. So it's like non-stop, man. It's so, non-stop, yeah. But it's good to live up to that expectation because you, you can like... I think it's good to have expectations, especially on yourself. Like at least that you have standards that you try to keep yourself at a certain level. But you don't let yourself to like uh, go under those standards. Um, especially as you get older as well, like you definitely want to maintain a healthy healthy body, healthy bone mass. Uh, I think it, it has a lot of benefits when we do get older and more frail that we have a good like structure to, to keep us going. For sure, I think it's underestimated that like a lot of people, like general population, they um, they should be loading their body with any sort of weightlifting. Yeah. I've said it in my previous podcast. I think it's so, I mean, maybe I'm a bit biased because I'm in this industry, but I think like just to pick your, your child up or like, you know, yeah. your daily stuff, it's gonna be so beneficial. Oh, for sure, man. And so, like I said before, it's like one of the big benefits of strongman is that carryover into everyday life. Because when we do train strongman, it's it's not always a barbell. Like also with Own Lacey, when we did the, the seminar, he said there's no barbells in the wild, which is true, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You're picking up logs, you're picking up your kids, you're picking up a suitcase, you're picking up a bag full of, full of clothes, whatever it is, like it's, it's an awkward way. And it's never a perfect bar that you can like grab onto nicely. Take your time <laughs> setting up for it, slowly pick it up. No, man. In the real life, is different, right? Honestly, like I, uh, when I was, uh, I spoke to Jeff about it, and like they have a strong man shot at the football club outdoors. If you, if I've not been there, but I've heard it's fucking good, Dude, man. Like I was like fucked for like a week. <laughs> My whole body was like, I didn't. I was supposed to go out that night, and I'm just like I'm not going out. And, like I was like, but it was so good. Like I just, I just loved it. So. It's a different type. It's like because you're, you're, it's so compound that it's all the muscles that you'd never usually work it's like your grip your forearms like your your shoulders your feet even when you're yeah. doing the moving events it's like a, just a, a different level it's pretty special yeah have you ever had like any serious injuries um when training and competing uh so training competing i actually have not oh. luckily i have not the most serious injury i've had was from from football, football. Uh, i broke my leg twice playing football really yeah God. so i was like uh, it was in Hong Kong, I think it was 2012. And I was like running with the ball. The pitch was rock hard, but I, and I was wearing studded boots. And I just went to turn and I looked down on my ankle and it was completely like flipped 90 degrees. Oh. And then, you know, like you tumble, you look up and then you're like, oh, it's actually, it's not bad. So I got up and I tried to like continue on playing. And then I realized like, ah, something's really fucked. Oh shit. Went to the hospital and then it was like a broken ankle. But um, lifting, uh, luckily I've never had a serious injury. Um, training, 
think one time I fucking pulled my hamstring with a client. I was like, oh, my okay. client challenged me to a stair sprint race. <laughs> and I swear, like I sprinted up, I wanted to beat him. And the last step, as I reached my leg out, I heard like a pop in my hamstring. Oh shit. Pull the hamstring, torn the hamstring actually. You yeah. see, there you go guys, like in the gym, Injuries are so limited. It's outside the gym where you might get more injuries. Dude, that's what I'm telling people. People it's are like, so yeah. scared. It's like you're in such a controlled environment at the gym and you're always working on technique and always focusing on your positions that the, the, the chance of injury is, the percentage of injury is very low. Whereas when you're playing a contact sport, there's so many factors that can cause an injury. It's unpredictable, exactly. You have not only have to worry about your own body, but you have to worry about these other guys that are sliding in on you, right? Yeah. And you'd be aware of that as well. So the, the factor for injury is, the chance of injury is much higher when you play a contact sport. Is there, so like, you know when, when you see power lifters and they do uh, deadlift and, and their spine rounds? Yeah. Um, is there like a myth behind it that like, our spine is strong enough to take a certain amount of loads? Or? It is strong enough to take that load as long as it's stable. So you'll see people that deadlift with a rounded spine, but their spine is rounded from the start of the pull. So you would very rarely see them at that level round their spine, a neutral spine to start, and then pull the weight, and then the spine start to round. Oh, Usually okay. it's in a fixed position until they get to lock it, and then it's more upright. Wait, this is the more thoracic or the lumbar? More thoracic, okay. yeah. Lumbar spine would be neutral, but thoracic spine will be rounded forward. Because with powerlifting as well, the idea is to lift uh, the most amount of weight efficiently. When you have a rounded shoulder position for your deadlift, it actually shortens the range of motion, like a couple of cm. So it gets your shoulders closer to the bar, which allows you to get a bit more upright. So you're not like hunched forward, it doesn't bring you too far to the, to the floor. And every inch counts. Every inch counts in it, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a technique I would suggest for, for beginners. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Just get the techniques right first, <laughs> and then start fucking around with your back. <laughs> That's, yeah. Everyone is just like, I'm so scared to do deadlift, my yeah. back, my back. But in fact, it's like a tool for rehab, I would exactly. say. Exactly, it's a good strengthening exercise. One of the best strengthening exercises for your back. When you approach your heavy lifts, Ian, what would you say is like, there's so many, like people take ammonia to get yeah. pumped up or like that like sniffer thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, 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 smelling salts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've seen it recently, right? I, I had it recently. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> um, what, what, what gets you like motivated to get that like one heavy lift? Or, music yes I think it's a combination of different things uh, I would usually have the weight loaded on the bar and I would step back for a bit uh, three to five minutes just to calm myself down a bit mm. and then like up to a minute before I lift I try to hype myself up a bit whether it be through music whether it be through training pouches which is also like very important for the extra push and then usually also with some smelling salts <laughs> yeah. so smelling salts what they do is when you sniff in the smelling salts it actually stimulates uh, your your nasal cavity right so and it forces you to inhale so it kind of like shocks you into a deep breath okay. and it wakes up your nervous system and gets you ready for the for the big lift that's so cool training partners also help give you a good smack on the back <laughs> yes yeah, you yeah. <laughs> i've seen a uh, like chris cyborg mma fighter like oh, getting slapped yeah. or wasn't it the chris cyborg i don't remember but yeah, that, no, that, there's, yeah. some, there's some crazy fucking rituals out there. No, yeah. but I, you need to get hyped up with such a heavy load. It's you such can't a heavy, exactly, yeah. You, you, like there is a point, there is a time and a place to be aggressive and to be hyped. Uh, I don't often hype myself up, especially during training. I usually keep it for the competitions. Because right. it, it's actually too much stimulus for me in particular. Um, it's too much stimulus for myself. And then I, I crash usually after the session. Okay. So if, if it's a competition, obviously if I need to move this weight, I'll fucking go all out. Like I'll do what I can to move it. But if, uh, if I'm in, a, in the middle of a training block and I know to 
tomorrow I've got to do like a, a leg session, I can't be too tired for that, then I kind of dial back in the intensity. Mm. But there's people at the gym, not naming names, fucking Laurent, he goes intense probably every fucking session and I don't know how the fuck he does it. It's like intensity level, it just goes to 100 and it stays there for the week's training. <laughs> You must have some good recovery methods on the weekend. I guess though, like sure. there's just like individuals that need to expend so much energy. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it's like that's that's so cool. I mean, uh, you know, I wanted to like wrap it up. I mean, you've got you and Dan have set up a, quite a cool community with strength culture. I think a lot of people in Hong Kong have seen it. And, uh, Thank you. Uh, we're 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 quite happy to come and visit, and um, it's something different and unique. What's your vision for strength culture? I know you've got like this new gym set up. What's the idea? What's your goals? So the vision for strength culture is it, is it to become like one of the strongest gyms in Hong Kong. There's a lot of up and coming gyms uh, that have good level athletes. Uh, they they have good level athletes that compete internationally as well. So I would like strength culture to be on par with those guys and to keep pushing the community, but also bring the community together because there's a lot of separation within within Hong Kong itself. Like certain gyms don't mingle with each other, and I want strength culture to be a place where it doesn't matter if you train CrossFit with this gym with that gym. It doesn't matter if you train powerlifting with this federation with that federation. That this is a place where you can come in, uh, enjoy the environment, and get stronger. Amazing, yeah. Um, have you ever had like an influx of like any sort of like athletes come in, or is it, or more just like kind of the pop general population and like? Well, we have like a lot of now with with powerlifting up and coming, uh, with weightlifting up and coming, uh, with strongman as well. Uh, we have a lot of athletes coming and wanting to train in those specific sports, okay. which is great uh, because we want more people to get involved with it because they're so small. And like if you if you look at the, the population of Hong Kong, like the quality of athletes here is very fucking high. If you've seen the Olympic recently, like Hong Kong fucking smashed it yeah. with the medals, right? And that goes to show like we have the capacity here to have top level people to compete internationally and take home medals, take home trophies. And I want like Hong Kong to, to take that take advantage of it, of the, the strength that we have here and the people that we have here to go and like compete abroad. Yeah, I think that's that, that's that's amazing goal. I think the people of Hong Kong and you know, at such a hard time during COVID and everything that's happening, yeah, will bring people together. So that's great. For sure, man, especially now like so we have a lot of other countries are closed down. There's lockdowns here, there. Hong Kong just extended quarantine. It's a ridiculous amount of days for incoming travelers. So it's really up to the community itself in Hong Kong to, to come together and then just to get through it. Yeah, it's either you get drunk and wasted or you train fucking hard and lift heavy. Exactly. I man. go for the latter. Choose, so. choose, choose. And choose wisely. Perfect. I think, that, I think that's a wrap. Um, thanks, right, Ian. I appreciate right. you. Thanks um, for your time, man. Awesome. Sweet. Done.